The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So good to have you here with us. We are taking the spark and we are igniting it. You know, wherever you are right now, I just invite you to pause and just take a moment and just take that deep breath all the way down to the tips of your toes. And I love, I love this new technique of then when you take an inhale, imagine you're breathing in from the soles of your feet. And so you breathe it in all the way to the top of your head and hold it for a moment. And then imagine your breath is just surging through your body and it's collecting anything that's not needed, anything that doesn't serve you. And then you're going to release it, pushing your breath out through the bottom of your feet. So it's leaving your being. Ah, love it. So welcome to this episode. I am so thrilled. I have a very special person in my life, and I know she'll become a very special person in yours. I am blessed today to have my sister and an amazing human being, truly an amazing teacher, an amazing dancer, an amazing leader who has just gotten her ordination as a Sufi minister. And so we're going to be having an amazing conversation about that today on my wedding day. Perfect timing. So much celebration. I love you. Welcome, Colin Wolf, to the show. 
Oh, thank you so much, Steph. It is just such an honor. I've just been witnessing you in the last few years as you've just blossomed brighter and brighter every every moment. And just to be here, I'm just so personally touched, just so, so deeply touched to be here and, and honored. So thank you. Yes. Well, so for the listeners that don't know you, Colin, let's talk a little bit about your journey. Because Colin is a, a second grade, literally phenomenal school teacher. She's had, and at the same time, has followed many parallel paths and has always had this beautiful spiritual path. So tell us just a little bit, Colin, about your journey. Yeah, I think that really started when I was a teenager, 15, 16. You know, I was a little bit different kind of teenager than, you know, your average one who wants to be with their peers all the time. I really felt awkward around my peers. Not that, you know, most teenagers are pretty awkward too, but I really felt more comfortable in different like spiritual settings. So I did a lot of dances of universal peace. I did women's circles. I would go to, you know, spiritual workshops and things of that nature. That's just where I felt most comfortable and where my journey began. So, um, you know, I think that there was really one particular point in my life where just things really opened up for me is when I was at this, you know, week long silent retreat at 16, (laughs) sitting on this rock. And um, I had been given the task of creating these um, hay dolls that were to be used in a ritual. For each moment, I just lovingly put in my intention that each hay doll could be this wonderful, beautiful transformation for whoever was to take that particular one. And as that, as I put this loving intention into each hay doll, I just, I felt the transformation for myself. I just, this tears of joy just started streaming down my face that this work was just the work of joy of love. And I just wanted nothing else but that, you know? So, and I just also just this, you know, opened up to the sky and just felt this lovely connection to the divine and just, oh God, just my um, personal connection really began at that point. You know, maybe it might have started also in church with my mother, you know, with grandma. Yeah. You know, with grandma, but you know, I would listen to the minister and be like, "Mm, I'm not really interested in what you have to say, but I could just connect with my own prayers and look, look through that beautiful stained glass window. But that moment on the rock when I was 16 was really just a big turning point for me. It was like, that's where I really felt my calling. Yeah. That's such a beautiful story. And I just, that has been one of the precious things about who you are as a human being is I, and I really hear you because I know, you know, sitting in, in church, even with in Timnath, you know, at grandma Dorothy's window, (laughs) we, we have a grandma who um, had a stained glass window made for her when she passed. And it's so like you, you have that feeling when you're in that church, right? Like the divine is right there Mm -hmm. and you might not resonate with the message necessarily or everything, but it's like, you know, the the divine is present and you have carried that, you know, through your life. And what a beautiful, even though I've heard that story, like every time you tell it, I get the chills and I, I just feel, I mean, that, that huge opening and, and you've always been, I mean, Colin as a kiddo. She's always creative. She was always making things and sewing things and putting on plays <laughs> and <laughs> singing. So you've just had this amazing, joyful spirit. So what happened though after that? So you have this awakening and this, you know, real big opening. What happened next? 
Well, you know, I mean, there is some, you know, a lot of different things. So one, my mom passed away when I was 17. So, you know, of course I'm distraught and devastated. And at the same time, I felt um, from the teachings I had been receiving, it was an opportunity. I saw this as, you know, I could choose to shove it away and just hold it and just not allow myself to grieve. Um, but I consciously, as a 17-year-old, <laughs> look back going, what? A 17-year-old said, I am going to choose to grieve consciously. I'm going to allow myself to really deepen into this and allow myself to transform this, this grief. And what can it become? You know, and I really opened myself up and I discovered this huge sense of bravery that I, you know, like, holy cow, I had been so afraid as a, like a little four-year-old, like my mom had taken me to dance classes and I couldn't even walk in front of people. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. afraid little girl. And I found my bravery through that because I knew I could be in my grief. I could sit in, I could allow myself to feel the pain, be in the darkness and know that it wasn't the end of the world. Like I knew that I could keep pushing through and allow myself to just be with that pain and that there would be light on the other side, you know? So I think I, that was one of the big turning points for me. And I also had the wonderful thing is I had a beautiful women's group that supported me through that and allowed me to do a lot of drumming and dancing and working through that grief. And they held me in this beautiful container, you know, and I had that spiritual community to hold me and keep me there. So many beautiful points in that, Colin. I mean, I just, I love number one. I mean, we can kind of go backwards here. The The first thing you just said, or the, excuse me, the last thing you just said about the importance of having spiritual community. Yes. And, you know, and of being held through this amazing time. I mean, you just happened to arrive at this at such a young age, and yet you knew the importance of community. And the other thing so powerful is that you allowed yourself that grief journey. Yeah. You know, you really, it, it took so much courage and bravery to really be in it. Mm-hmm. And like, as a psychotherapist, of course, like I experience people all the time that come to see me and they're, and they're shut down or they feel like they don't have permission to grieve and they don't have that container. Yeah. Right. So, so to have that beautiful container of being held and then the modalities in which to express your grief. you know which is so powerful I love it yes those ability to drum dance cry you know and also I have to acknowledge Judy and Forrest you know they held me you know and they um, allowed me that time to just know that I could be screaming and crying in the basement that it was okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I mean what Mm -hmm. a blessing that they just honored that you know yeah and Judy and Forrest are our parents yes and For for those of you that don't know, actually, Colin was born my cousin. Yeah. And then at 17 became my sister. So that was really beautiful. Um, what a cool, you know, transition. And for the last, gosh, what, 30 <laughs> almost years we've been sisters. <laughs> yeah. And and such an awesome soul connection. I feel so grateful for you in this world. And I I love then that your spiritual journey continued. And as you continued to heal through your life, talk a little bit more about what was next. So, you know, I went to, I went to college and I started working on um, my degree in elementary ed and that, you know, it was just really interesting how 
I wasn't sure where I wanted to go, but that provided me security. And also it was kind of like its own little ministry in itself too. I wouldn't say little, but its own ministry because, you know, I could be at like, it was this really crazy thing where I could be like at a concert or um, just some public event and little children would just come and sit on my lap just randomly. And their mothers would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, <laughs> they would just come and sit with me. And so I felt like that education has been part of my ministry. You know, it's like, I, I, I tend to children's hearts first, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of it, you know? So, so I, I went to college to do that. And when I was at UNC and Greeley, I really missed my women's circle. You know, they had been my container for so many years in high school and whatnot. And uh, so I made this friend, um, Alpha, who was a yoga teacher, and she and I started a women's circle. So at 18, here we are <laughs> facilitating a women's circle through the Unitarian Universalist Church over in Greeley. And that circle ran for about seven years or so, you know, when I, you know, so it was pretty powerful to be able well, to step in that leadership role at 18. <laughs> well, and that's just what's, what's so cool, you know, and, and, you know, and I have to say too, how awesome my aunt, your mother, who gave all of us such a beautiful start, you know, and Gwen was such a light and is such a light still in our lives. And you, you guys, you have to imagine our family, we have a really large family. So every family gathering, we always had like 22 to 30 people. (laughs) That was just the small group. And so, you know, here we are. I, I, I have this distinctive memory, Colin, of grandpa being, he was probably, you know, 70, maybe our grandfather lived to be 103, but he was like maybe 70, maybe not even that, maybe older. It's hard. It's hard to remember, but your mom being there at Mm -hmm. one Thanksgiving and here we're doing the normal, you know, we always do this circle and we all hold hands and we say what we're grateful for. And, you know, someone does a prayer and then your mom brings out the drum. (laughs) <laughs> and we're doing this, you know, we're doing this, you know, beautiful. I, I don't know if it's a Native American tradition, but we're where we're doing the now I walk in beauty. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, and not now I walk in beauty is actually a chant. Yes. So Gwen is is drumming and we're all moving in a circle and doing the hand gestures. And I remember just watching grandpa and just going like, wow, he's totally into it. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? It was just like it really spoke to everyone. Oh yeah. The farmer that he was, I mean, just so connected with the earth and so connected with nature. I mean, yeah, he totally, totally loved that. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. So of course, you know, it's like, so following in your mother's footsteps here you are and and in your own footsteps, I really want to acknowledge that really in your own footsteps, because you are this, you know, powerful soul that, that chose to, to come here during this particular time and in your own particular way, so here you are, this young woman already, you know, seven years <laughs> leading this women's group. So, and then what evolved for you? Because, and I guess I'm curious too, not everyone knows about Sufism and what it means to be a Sufi. So let's, let's talk about that. I don't want to jump too far ahead in your journey. And I want to make sure that, you know, when did you get interested in that? Let's chat about that a little bit. So first of all, like, let's just talk about what Sufism is, because some people are not real familiar with that. So Sufism is the um, mystical form of Islam. However, the particular lineage that I belong to is from Hazrat and Naik Khan. 
And he actually started a lineage and the lineage is it's really, um, but then Sufism are really beautiful because it's really all about the teacher student relationship. And then that student becomes the teacher and they teach their students. And it's this beautiful family tree. You can look back through all these lineages and follow them all the way back to Muhammad. But Hazrat Nayak Khan was, was different in that he really believed that it wasn't just about Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. It was about these other beautiful prophets in the world, like, you know, or other beautiful teachers in the world, Buddha, Rama, Krishna, Zoro, uh, Zarathustra, you know, I mean, all of these different names. He just, he, he believed that divine was through all these religions. And so that's where, oh, thank you, you know, and I really feel that coming through um, humanity in the last hundred years, you see lots of different religions that are emerging that are really believing in the unity, that unity is where we need to be going in the world. And that was really his message here. I have my picture of him. I'm looking at him and he's one of his, one of his sweet things about him is that he loved the gaze, the honey gaze, where oh. you bring your full presence to your eyes and you bring the heart just shines through your eyes and you just love people right through your eyes. And oh, so sweet. So that, that yeah, gazing into oh, one another's eyes yes. in that way, which is just, yeah, so soulful, right? Exactly. It's like I'm presenting with you. I am present. I am heart to heart as we're gazing yeah. into each other's eyes. I've seen people's hearts just open and transform and tears of joy just come through and, and tears of whatever coming through that people just didn't have access to that part of their hearts before with that gaze is so powerful. And there's the Dances of Universal Peace that came from his student, um, Murshid Sam. And Murshid Sam did uh, the Dances of Universal Peace have um, a practice where they sometimes you'll have a partner and it's and you you don't even know this person. This is some stranger. You may not even know that you just met that day and you're gazing into their eyes as you're dancing. And it can be amazingly transformative. Oh, it's just it, it's hard to hide. gazing into each other's eyes. And so it's really like this soul connection, Mm -hmm. you know, like all barriers drop. And I think some of the power in that is that so many people don't feel seen. Yes. You know, they just don't feel seen in the world. And so it's really about witnessing one another's souls Mm -hmm. and it's what a beautiful (laughs) practice. And I think, you know, one of the things that you're talking about too, that's really important is you know, we still today, even though 9-11 is so long ago, I still think when people, you know, my, my experience has been when, when some people talk about Muhammad or the Islam religion, they'll go, oh, well, that's connected to terrorism or that's connected to, you know, something negative and it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, it's like, it's so important to dispel these myths in this society we're living in right now of, you know, division. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that the message is really about being one. Yes. <laughs> well, and all Sufis, even the, I, maybe I'm saying overbearing, but like just really all Sufis are really about the mystical connection with God. This is the my personal connection with God. It's about the purification of the heart. A Sufi, a Su, um, Sufi really means wisdom. Uh-huh. Like it's actually connected to the word sofa. Like we people sitting together in community. I love that. I love that. So, yeah. So it, it, you know, so it's really, if you really listen to different Sufi teachers, you discover how much love and how much, um, how much more we have in common than we, when we think. So 
Yeah, I think that's part of what Hazrat Nayat's Khan message is all about, too, is just about like, if you can look at the similarities, you discover we have so much more in common than what than the differences. And that's where the unity can come in, where that's where we can really find connection and we can dispel the fears and know that we're all just humans searching in our own ways, you know. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Dear God, this has been 21 years ago. I don't know if you remember, almost 22 years ago when I went to that Sufi school in San Francisco for a week. And I I didn't know anything about Sufism at the time. One of the most beautiful things out of that week was the very last day when this gentleman, Sidi, who would come to the school every so often, had welcomed some of us. His son lived in Marin County. And so we got to go meet him. And CD is the keeper. This is his official title, the keeper on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And so he was the first holy person I'd ever met. And again, he totally dispelled that myth. I mean, Mm -hmm. his entire message in his broken English, which was so beautiful. And it was one of those moments where like time stops and everything feels like it's just vibrating and then everything's just really <laughs> mystical feeling. But he's, he's literally taught his messages. There's no Catholic. There's no Jew. There's no Christian. There's no Muslim. There's no man. There's no woman. We are one. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, whoa. I mean, and at that time, <laughs> you know, you know, in my early 30s, I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, it's like when something resonates with your truth in that mm-hmm. deep level, you know how that is. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's so powerful. And so what got you interested in Sufism? What, what was your first introduction to that and what got you into it? Um, I think it was the dances of universal peace was part of that when I, you know, so I did that when I was 17. I'm pretty sure my mom took me to that. And then also there was this wonderful time. One of my teachers, um, Evan would say he shared a little bit about his own personal path, but he said that within his lifetime, he wanted to marry the religions within his own heart and bring peace between the religions in his own way. And, and so that marriage between the religions, when I heard him say that, Oh, my heart just opened like, Oh, there was this resounding yes. Oh, mm. Mm. oh yes, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. I want to explore that further. Um, and then uh, and then over time it kind of came to pass. And then most recently I reconnected with um Sarah Rain, who I um had she and I had done dances of universal peace when we were both teenagers rolling around on the carpet at the Harshalom. And then, <laughs> you know, we were just um, and but now she's um, a leader of um, uh, Sarati and Nayat. And so that so she um, she and I reconnected and she has this whole Shirag program and the Shirag is a Sufi minister. 
And she mentioned that to me. And, uh, and I said, Oh, that just sounds so yummy. I really want to do that. I, I don't know if I have time. And, and I'm not sure if this is the right timing. You know, she normally starts these things in January and here it was June. Right. And I was, she's like, mm, here's your first assignment. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a choice. You were called. <laughs> Okay. And I'm so glad she did. It was so like divine guidance coming through because if I had waited till the next January, so many things changed in my life, Mm -hmm. right? In that fall and winter, if I had been offered that opportunity in January, there's no way I would have accepted it because I had so many other things on my plate that I would have been like, no way. But it was just, it's been that whole process. It was a two-year program and each month I just just dove into the content with my heart and soul, just, you know, it wasn't that I did everything perfectly, but but I know that I, um, but I really put my heart into it and really just loved every bit of it, you know? Well, and I, you know, being there at (laughs) the ceremony where you were ordained, what a beautiful process. And I loved at the, at the front, at the altar, it was like all these different religions being, identified, mm-hmm. right. Being honored. Represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought again, you know, I mean, you know, in Acacia, my daughter's in the audience and I thought, Oh, this is interesting, you know, because I remember when she was little, you know, we, we'd go to different churches trying to find the right place. And we'd gone to unity mm-hmm. or excuse me, the Unitarian church yeah. in Cheyenne. And that day they were doing a Passover celebration yeah, 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 you know, with a leaven bread and then with um, water and parsley for some reason was a part yep. of that. You would know more than me yep. uh, that that ceremony. And Acacia was just so into it, you know. Yeah. And, and she was having her own little openings to like, ooh, there's like we can actually enjoy and love and celebrate all these different spiritual traditions. Yeah, how amazing! Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah such an amazing thing. And I think that partly part of maybe what she maybe connected to, I'm guessing is just the ritual part of it, which I think totally. is so profound that there's one thing to just sit and listen to somebody talk, but when you get to actually engage in a ceremony or a ritual of some point, something symbolic, you know, even if it does, even if you're just witnessing to some degree, there's there's a transformation that happens there, you know? Well, and I, I have the chills, you know, speaking of your, you know, your ordination uh, ceremony, the the piece that you did afterwards with the rose petals, and that was also honey gazing into different people's <laughs> eyes. Yes, yes. Mom did it to me. Our mom is not a crier. And as she started choking up, it was so powerful and, and, oh. Tell, tell, tell the audience what that ritual was. It was really beautiful. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to do is this rose petal blessing. It's a rose petal blessing where you, if you are giving the rose petal blessing, you take um, just one petal off a rose. And sometimes I'll even dip it into like rose water or something like that. And sometimes not. And we just deliver the gaze, the heart, you allow yourself to get centered in the heart, become fully present in the moment, allow the love to flow through the eyes. That's love light, love light streaming, streaming. 
And then you gently caress the face, starting at the forehead with the rose, just moving around the face, just so ever so lovingly. And you can do the hands and the feet and, and ending right at the heart. Just that oh. tenderness, that sweet tenderness oh. allows people to just open. They just, they're little roses. Their hearts are like these roses that just so gently open to the sun. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I, it, it was so, it was, that day was so amazing for me because it was like, it was, it felt like it was so much more than just honoring me. It was an opportunity for love to come through for all these other people. And it was, I was just like, you know, my prayer had been, I thought just one person can be just open just a little bit. It could be such a wonderful thing. And then there were all these people just tearing up all over the place and you could just see these smiles on their faces and light in their eyes. And you knew that light and love was just happening all over the room. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> well, it was so great. And then we did some of the universal dances of peace. Yeah. And as we were doing some of those, you know, dances, just, you know, I'm holding mom's hand and Acacia's hand, you know, and there's, and, and Acacia too, she said she loved that part because that was part of her childhood too. It's like all of a sudden here we yeah. are, you know, and, and what's cool and beautiful is that, even though that's something we did in our family, all of a sudden it was our universal family and you're connected to everyone there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was, that was so amazing. And so Colin, you know, so with all this amazing, you know, just this amazing path that you've been on and now, now with, you know, becoming a Sufi minister, what is your calling now? What are you feeling like? How is this going to blossom for you and what's ahead Mm. there's two parts i want to say one is this um i had this one day where i was really struggling you know um several years back and i just was searching for a mantra and i went into the dance practice that i have the you know static dance practice and i started that day with just saying what is my mantra dear god what what mantra is going to help me through this what came out was it was two parts. It was funny. It was the first one is just, just say what's next. (laughs) And I would say, okay, what's next God. And I would open Mm -hmm. up and I would, if I'm really listening and paying attention, then something will drop through. And then the next part of the mantra is say, okay, (laughs) just say, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that's, that's my piece is just being open from moment to moment to the next piece. I also know that truly you know, my divine purpose is to be the sanctuary, be a container, just a holder of sacred space. So that way, you know, a place where people can explore their spirituality, whatever it is, whether they're, you know, atheist, agnostic, or Christian, or Buddhist, or whatever it is, I I hold all people in just a sacred, and so allow people to deepen in their spiritual practice, explore their spiritual practice, a place where people can heal, a place where people can speak their truth and be witnessed. Also, specifically through transitions and through you know, in our society, we have a few ceremonies and things for like graduations, weddings, funerals, that kind of thing, you know, and I can be present for those things. But I also have um, a real calling to be 
to be present for people in transition that might feel like different things. Like maybe it's something that we don't really honor at all, like maybe divorce or different, like becoming a parent or, you know, all these things are just something that's really personal. Sometimes people go through transitions in their lives where they release a certain part of pain and maybe, or maybe they come into their power in a new way. They claim something new about themselves and they need to be witnessed and acknowledged and have an opportunity to share who they are in this moment and how they're evolving. And so my job is to hold them in there wherever they are, whoever they are, just hold them in that space and help them through that transition. That's so beautiful. So beautiful, Colin. I just, oh, and I, I've been getting the chills like the last three minutes of our conversation. I mean, there's just so much, <laughs> there's just so much richness and just so, there's just such beautiful connection and just, and, and we know, I mean, just how transformative it is as you begin this journey of opening your heart. And as you've continued your journey, how now you're able to hold others' hearts and witness theirs as well. Yeah. What an amazing, amazing place. And ritual, you know, that's oh. part of what I believe so firmly in the power of ritual, you know, it's like you're doing something symbolic with your hands or something that, you know, it doesn't seem like it would do much, but it transforms people on an unconscious, that subconscious level, you know, just like that deeper level. That's where your, your unconscious believes it. And mm-hmm. it gets, and something magical really happens internally at other la- levels that we don't know. And so ritual is extremely powerful. So I, so when I, hold that container, I also try to personalize ritual for the individual. What will help you? You know, it's a co-created process of what will help you to really move to the next level. What do we need to do together to really help you change and transform into whatever it is that you you're whatever the transition's about, you know? You know? Yeah. And like um recently I've been helping um I worked with a, a woman on She's been living in her house for 44 years and was moving to a house without stairs, you know, and, you know, she needed to transition, but to let go of her house after being there for so long was really hard, was really, really hard. And so we did a ritual together with her, um, her daughter and son-in-law, and we went through each room and, and, and said our goodbyes and, and did this processing together, this beautiful ritual together to help hold her. And, and now we're starting to plan the the house blessing ceremony for the new place. So Mm. just kind of an example of things that I'm starting to work on. Beautiful. Yes. I mean, and, and what a gift for people, because that's exactly, I think what we're needing, right? I mean, all the way back to Joseph Campbell, I can remember him and the power of myth. He's like, what we're missing in our society is ritual. And at the time he was speaking to, you know, that's why gangs can be so appealing. Mm -hmm for people because there's ritual, even if it's brutal, even if it's, you know, there was ritual. And so how wonderful that we can have these beautiful rituals that are actually helping us to grow and expand and make those transitions and really honor Mm -hmm. those different places in our life. Like there's true closure and then a beautiful opening and celebration of the next step. Yeah. Those passages are powerful and we need to acknowledge them. And so often, you know, and sometimes when we don't, it's like there's a piece that's not quite finished, you Mm -hmm. know, it gets caught. 
and stuck and people can get really stuck emotionally in those places. But if we can really bring awareness to when we're going through transition and be able to have that witness, that sacred space and that ritual, then that that shift can happen and we can move to the next place and evolve in beautiful ways. Love it. Love it. Colin, I cannot believe our time is over for this interview. Thank goodness our time together is infinite. (laughs) And that we'll be hanging out in a few hours. So I am really thrilled about that. So, but as as we're getting ready to close, first of all, how can people get a hold of you if they just want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing or things that you're teaching or working on? How can they contact you? Um, well, yes. Well, one part is that I will be uh, listed on the Saradia Nayat website. So um, that's through Sarah Rain and Saradia Nayat. And then also um, I can leave my email address. And then what's really exciting is that I will be, um, you know, I'm working with a wonderful woman. Michelle Voss is a, um, a lady who does branding and things. And she is divinely inspired to empower women who are like divinely led to do their work in the world. And so it's like this perfect alignment. So she and I are working later this July and hopefully I will have a website going like toward the end of July. You can look for me there. Yeah. And and what is your email address so people can contact you? So my email address is coleydance at gmail.com. So that's C-O-L-Y-D-A-N-C-E at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Coley G. Well, (laughs) as we're wrapping up here, as we're wrapping up here, what is the essential message that you want to leave with the audience today? I think it's really about attend to your heart. Listen to your heart. Where is it heading? Where is it going? What is your longing and how do you want to continue to grow? Attend to that deepest longing of what is it your heart wants more than anything? Where do you want to grow, evolve, and change? And when you're willing to listen to that, the next steps will become obvious. Beautiful, sister. <laughs> Thank you. So I love Thank you so much. much. It's so fun to hang out with you in this way. I love it. I love it. Me too. What a joy. What a joy to spend this special time this morning with you. I have chills head to toe. Love you with my whole heart. Thank you for being here. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.